they used to have steak tips and stuff like real, like a real kitchen. <laughs> I knew people who worked there and everyone swore by the food and said the steak tips were legit delicious. I never had them, but I had only heard positive reviews from multiple no, people. This, who there's there. airborne cum. I'm not eating in a strip club. Everything I've only been to strip clubs three times in total in my life. It's just not my scene. Hold on. And I feel like hold on. I'm sorry to cut you off. Ferg, are you under the belief that there's just cum particles in the air at all times? Shine a black light in a strip club. Do you drink when you're in there? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I was like, buddy, if they're in the air. Everyone, S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The Norm Show. Norm Show went 54 episodes over three seasons on ABC. They were talking about episode one, which is called Norm and the Prototype, originally airing March 24th, 1999. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys. Joe, Ferg, Nick, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Hey-o. Hello. Yo. I can never tell if we're joking or just stupid. <laughs> like kind of a mantra up. for us, actually. Both. We should, we should stop making, like, a pool where we all guess what quote Joe is going to do from the episode. I have a quote highlighted. End. I even put it up top, and it's not... I don't, Again, I don't I'll even show you my notes. I've got, I've got five different options for today, so... Did any of them have to do with the choice cuts of beef ad? Oh, yes, it did. Ah, all right. That's the one I was betting on. To be honest, the reason I didn't do that one is because I think the three jokes in that scene are the three funniest jokes in the whole episode, and they come so rapid fire that I didn't want to get the discussion of them out early. Yeah. Well, good call then. So the Norm Show, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I remember it existing, I guess, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. So Me neither. Me too. I, uh, I really I recognized the, their, like, office. The, that was like the first thing I saw that I was like, oh, okay, I do kind of remember this, but I'm in the same boat. I didn't really remember it that much. And it had the like first... a three season run. So it's like, it was on for a little bit. The first season of this was on the same night that we all had CCD, but we were, oh. <laughs> because it was a weeknight and we were like 13, we had to go home after, right? Like there was no hanging out at like 8 PM or whatever. So I watched every episode of the first season. It was on after Drew Carey. We say that doesn't it have a Drew Carey? Doesn't it office. have a Drew Carey vibe? I was gonna it say that. And honestly, I think it's because of the office you mentioned. The office is like laid out very much like the Drew Carey office. It is. It is. And it also, is. the creator of this show also created the Drew Carey show. But then after this show, he created Nikki Cox's sitcom. And Nikki Cox is in this episode. And one of the stars of the Drew Carey show is one of the stars of this show as well. So it's a weird kind of uh, thing. Whoa. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Um, that's like when you look at producers and creators, like that's where you see those links where oh, everyone does it. You know, they bring their people in. And uh, real quick, I just want to remind everybody to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social medias, everywhere you can follow us, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Um, the reviews are big for us. That really helps us in those algorithms and other people finding us. And additionally, hit us up, s1e1pod, Instagram, and on X. I hate that and, so much. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> we like talking to you guys. I, I say it every week. I really like 
getting the chance to converse with you guys and figure out how you found us and shows you want us to cover and all that. So uh, look us up on those. I wanted to bring up too this show. Season one was called the Norm Show. It eventually was just shortened to just Norm for seasons two and three over like okay. some legal stuff. I, I didn't remember that. I remember it being a Norm only. Yeah, I remember so, it being Norm. So the Norm Show for the first season, and that's why I figured I was like, when I'm writing, I'm like, how do I announce it in the, up top? I'm like, you know what? This is how it aired episode one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call it that. Is there a reason why? What, do we know the legal challenges behind? I saw two different things, but the one I the, saw was a cartoon called The Norm. And yes, and I saw that. And that. then the one I read was that it was over a local public access show called The Norm Show. So I don't know which is completely true. It seems insane to me that is this ABC. Yeah. Yes. ABC couldn't just go and squash uh, Here's some a million local dollars. Show. We'll yeah. take the name. Like, hey. I would have said that about Vince McMahon and a panda, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out. I take the panda and I would love for the panda to just rip Vince McMahon apart. It'd be amazing. <laughs> so, um, then grow a very weird mustache. I want to get into, um, Rotten Tomatoes had a 67% critic score, no audience score and 7.8, uh, overall score on IMDb. Yeah. It makes sense. Now, one thing I remember for the show a lot is that as it goes on, I think it's in the second season, Artie Lang comes on. I saw that. And they make a lot of references to Dirty Work. And then even Jack I, Warden comes in on one episode and grabs Norm's junk, like in Dirty Work. And I think Dirty Work is one of the funniest movies of all time. When I met my wife, the first two movies we watched were Dirty Work and Freddy Got Fingered. And I was like, if she likes these, she's the one. And it, here we are 15 years later. It wasn't men in black who like to have sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> we better have sex with each other. <laughs> Gordon, just get my chainsaw. He's using it on me. <laughs> Gordo, this is your pick, right? Yes. Any particular reason you want us to do this one? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you, Gordo. Awesome. Nice. Succinct no, as always. I, I mean, I have been... You guys know that I am such a, a television connoisseur that I just have so such a deep... I am such a deep uh, well of knowledge when it comes to uh, sitcom shows. No, I just read these off a list and I go, Oh, cool. Norm MacDonald had a sitcom. That's got to be good. Norm MacDonald had a sitcom. I was going to do the same. I'm hey. glad you did, though, because it didn't sound yeah, that cool. Yeah, And then he killed <laughs> Nicole Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love Norm MacDonald. I was just so. going to ask that question. Everybody here loves Norm MacDonald, right? So the, when I saw that this was a show, I kind of remembered it. And before I even hit play on this, I thought to myself, there is almost nothing that this show could do to make me not like it. There's if it's what I thought it was, and it was, it was just like a regular sitcom with Norm as the main character. There's no chance it could be bad. And uh, here we are. It's I true. Just, um, Every other member of the cast could have sucked. Norm would have made the show awesome. I was uh, just kind of scrolling through Instagram the other day, and a clip popped up, a, like an old sketch of him as Quentin Tarantino. Talking oh, about man. Pulp Fiction, and it was so funny. He like and, he, it. and he's auditioning himself as Burt Reynolds for it too. So he plays <laughs> yes. two characters. It's so funny. He's a fucking gem, man. R.I.P. Yeah, he was a genius. When he passed away, that one really, really yeah. hurt. Celebrity deaths, where I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But Norm passing, I mean, the, he's one of those people who I, we've talked about him on the show. I mean, him making fun of Carrot Tops, chairman of the board to the actress who yes. was starring in the movie on Conan is maybe the funniest five minutes that have ever happened on late night television. I would have to disagree. Norm at the Bob Saget 
roast. Is that like, what he told classic, all the like sure. the old timey dad jokes? Yeah. Yes. 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 That was hilarious. Like, I don't know how only Norm Macdonald could pull that off. And if you haven't seen it, please look it up. It is watching really that live and just like cackling when he said, you'll never get over, you're not over the hill, not in the car you drive. I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> you know what? You know why that was funny too? It was because when he first did it, like some of the fellow comedians instantly get it and the whole crowd's like, the fuck is he doing? But his commitment to just not breaking and just keep doing it the whole time won everyone over. Is what it makes like, it funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it was hilarious what makes by it. the end. The one yeah, thing about that Andy people forget about that I think is the best piece of commitment too, though, is like halfway through it too, he's just reading the newspaper, waiting for someone to call him out for reading the newspaper. He just goes, Oh, sorry, I just wanted something funny, so I was reading Doonesbury. Like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. Like, you can't even make fun of him from the podium because he will just shut you down with the dumbest, funniest shit. Also, one thing I will I will love to mention, too, is uh, not a lot of people know it, but he put a record out in 2006 called Ridiculous. I own it. It's amazing, right? And I usually don't like sketch type of comedy as far as like listening to things but there is a 19 minute sketch about recording a country singer who comes out of retirement who turns out to be gay and it just unfolds that he's gay through the whole thing and it's him and Artie lang in the booth being producers figuring this all out in real time that i listen to a couple times a year it's so funny there's also one called the first ever two gay dudes which i was is gonna bring him. that one up but i didn't know <laughs> yeah, if it was appropriate <laughs> It's just so it's him and Will Ferrell being like, why don't we try this out? And as you can imagine, That's it just ends up being like, yeah, it feels pretty good. And Will Ferrell being like, oh my God, my ass is bleeding. It's fire. <laughs> it's on Spotify. His, all of his stand-up specials are gold. Everything he's ever done is gold. But those sketches stand in like a weird separate thing he did. And they are very, very funny. You said it's on Spotify? Yeah. Nor, are not, they like Adam ridiculous. Sandler-esque when he did his like sketch? Albums. Yeah, yeah, it's the same idea. Is it also available on Amazon Music for Ferg? You're so quirky. The hater. <laughs> Has anybody seen Norm live? I was lucky enough to see him live once. No, no, I, I never not, saw no. him live. When I saw him live, I almost got high with him. Cool. Why wouldn't you? So I would have. So I don't smoke pot, right? Like it's not a thing I do. This is when I was maybe 22, 23. Um, and my roommate at the time called me and was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just getting out of work." And he was like, "Okay, here's the deal." Norm McDonald's in town. He's playing. My friend got us all on the guest list. He works there. Grab your he... ukulele. Hop on your scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Get scooter. <laughs> I took my Razor scooter downtown. But he was like, but Norm wants to get really high. Do you guys have weed? And my roommates were all big stoners. They're like, yeah, sure. He's like, okay, well, get here. You're on the list, all of you. And you'll smoke up Norm McDonald. And I was like, I will smoke weed with Norm McDonald. Like, I won't do it otherwise. That's like such a great story. And we got there and he must have put that call out to a couple different people. And we like <laughs> just missed it. Somebody got there first. So like still we got free seats. We got to go watch Norm live and it was fucking amazing. But uh, we didn't get to get high with him, which probably would have spun me out because those seats that we had were like rosy in the balcony. <laughs> like it was at such a high angle. I'm glad I wasn't also on drugs. I just saw an Instagram story recently. It was Nick Swardson. I'm sure Jay probably has seen it. Um, and so Nick Swardson's at a bar watching a baseball game, and Norm McDonald calls him. And Norm's like, hey, what are you doing? And Nick's like, oh, I'm down at the bar watching the game. He's like, all right, I'm going to come down. 
And so Nick's like, okay, nine hours goes by and Nick Swartzen's just drinking, watching multiple games and he goes to leave. And as he's leaving, Norm McDonald walks in. He goes, and Norm's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going home. You said you were coming nine hours ago. And they, he was like mad that Nick was still leaving after being nine hours late, which uh, everybody here, I'm guessing is a very has- Norm thing. Yeah drank for nine hours straight at a consistent clip you are not a human at that point there is no more you gotta you have to go put yourself to bed at that point it's been a minute but it's happened you know norm mcdonald before like uh well said man to norm (laughs) that's a good eulogy gordo (laughs) uh norm mcdonald reminds me of like a modern day leslie nielsen in the way that they carry themselves in their humor and, and like the way that they interview and such like that. I know that they crossed over, obviously, but I, I feel I like I can kinda see what you mean. Leslie like, Nielsen was more childish though, whereas Norm okay. was more like X rated. Yeah, I said they were similar, but I could see know, Norm doing Detective Drevin, but I couldn't see him doing like a wrongfully accused if that makes sense yeah, he'd never be dracula oh no i'm, I'm dead. dead and i'm not <laughs> loving it i'm <laughs> uh, not gonna not gonna drink blood <laughs> well anyways um yeah gordo flexing how little he knows about tv and stuff with that comparison <laughs> um <laughs> so uh anyways i think we should get into the episode itself because we've been talking for a little bit already um so <laughs> In the first scene, we see um, Norm uh, walking down the street with the pizza, and he spots his dog just, like, standing in the middle of the sidewalk. And he starts talking to the dog, telling it to move out of the street, and, like, asking if it's, got, uh, if it's lost and things like that. And the dog's just not moving at all, just kind of sitting very still. And he grabs a stick and throws it, and the dog doesn't flinch. He's like, what are you, crazy? That's a stick! <laughs> like, like the surefire way he thought he was going to get it. If I have one issue with this entire episode, it's that no human would carry a pizza box with an actual pizza in it the way he's holding that pizza. You try to do that... In his hand against his body, right? Right. The lip of it might catch on you, and then it flips over, the pizza's gone. You have to hold the pizza box like this, clasping the box shut. So if it falls, it's got a tight grip on it. No, but I think if you're holding your hand over the part that opens, then you should be okay, right? I mean, I wouldn't hold it that way anyways, but... Uh, If you're doing it around the front of it, that works. Like, the, the flappy part. You guys don't just spin the pizza on your finger as you walk around. <laughs> hey, going home with a pizza. <laughs> like um, the sad thing where they only make pizzas I can eat in a very small size anyway. So you kind of just walk around carrying it like a little kid holding his <laughs> dinner. Just, like, it just looks like Joe's walking down the street with his with his disc man. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I'm so big right now. <laughs> I want to be big. Like, you well, know, you can't be, and you can't have cheese either. Fuck you. <laughs> So uh, in the next scene, we're in Norm's apartment, and there's a knock at the door, and it's his friend Lori, who's um, played by Lori Metcalf. It's it's funny because this is like a real Tony Danza. Huh? Both of them right? get to play them; their first names are the same for right. the two I main love people of the show. How is how far removed, if at all, from Roseanne is she? About a year. I was gonna say because she looks like it, it. It looks like she was just she came off the set and walked right on. Like, yeah. Their relationship yeah, it's, it's, is confusing to me. I'm not really sure. They do point. give a weird, like, closer than just work friends vibe a couple times in this I episode. Get, I know. I just kind of get best friend vibes from them. Yeah, I get I best friend a, vibes. I got a will they, won't they 
See, I don't get that. I don't feel like they have that chemistry. Well, what confused me is like how often she's in the apartment. I know the bald guy's in there at one point too, but other than the office and actually not. Now I'm thinking of like ten other scenes where they're together at other places, but yeah, like at the bar and. I do like the idea, though, that when you find out how long he's been there and, like, that this isn't, like, a tight-knit group crew, that the three of them all hang out together and are so close. That's kind of fun. And just uh, for reference, um, Roseanne ended about two years, almost like, it was, like, two years in small change before this. That was in 97? Yeah. And I said it before last time we covered a show with Laurie Metcalf, who I think is one of the greatest actors of all time, honestly. Go watch her episode of Horace and Pete. The Louis C.K. show with um, him and Steve Buscemi in it. She does a one-take, super long monologue that is literally some of the best acting I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like jaw-dropping how good this one scene is. I mean, she's that show great. is really great. This is now the she's third show talented, of hers yeah. we've covered. So we've covered Roseanne, we've covered the McCarthys, and now we're doing the Norm show. So fourth, she's if, also in the Big Bang Theory. Not the pilot, not the pilot, pilot but she is in it. And Isn't I imagine she in the middle. We, which we haven't done. We haven't done that <laughs> so, yet. And I don't know if we can do the Connors. It's weird. I, I am confused. I'm going to make a one. I don't think we can. I'm, I would just say I don't think we can. It's, it's a new game really and it's a season one, episode one. If it's, that's it's the our thing, rules, yeah. we can. Based on that, it's season one, episode one. I mean, it technically. I mean, I would love to. to cover. Yeah, it's interesting it, to but, cover. And we'll, we'll I don't get into want to cover it because I think it fucking sucks but oh i, I really enjoy it, it. i've watched i've watched every episode but we'll this is a conversation we'll get there eventually yeah. i just wanted to say that i do love that she has made the character of jackie when she came back all these years later like put a new spin on it where she's like just totally crazy and spun out she's and the crazy aunt now. Yeah, yeah yeah totally um she has so much range <laughs> oh she's phenomenal yeah she's but anyways, a great actor <laughs> uh so he brings her into the kitchen and <laughs> when he get when we get in there we see that dog and now the dog's like on top of the kitchen table dog. on like a lazy susan <laughs> and he's like really just excited to show her how it doesn't move and he's like uh look behind you it's a big pile of bones and it's, <laughs> look it's a helpless kitten and then she joins in she's like look it's another dog's butt <laughs> and this dog's not moving and then he's like oh let me show you a trick and then he just moves the lazy susan in a circle and the dog just like doesn't like I was wondering, like, do you write this script knowing this dog is out there? Like, there's a dog that can do this? You gotta find a dog who won't move, or at least heavily medicate one. Like, that is what the thing is. How do you write this script? And then, like, it's very risky, right? You write the script, and then you have to call, like, whatever animal people. Be like, hey, I need a dog that's not gonna move no matter what. Even if I move it around. I'm sure they knew it was possible. Yeah, it's a trained animal. Like, it's a... I'm sure that's one of the easiest tricks to teach. I feel like this dog isn't yeah. trained, though. I feel like this dog's on Quaaludes. Like, this dog is beyond <laughs> just trained. It's just, like, catatonic, you know? I mean, Jay, you have a dog. Like, Sit is one of the easiest ones. Yeah, she doesn't do that. <laughs> All right, my dog sits. Yeah. My dog learns commands. Uh, no, my, my dog is uh, the worst. I love her very much, but does no tricks. Uh, um, Marta's a, a little poodle. She does the bark and blow your eardrums out pretty good, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> to run around the house and then jump on you when you don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> she has that so, cool um, game where she shits and you pick it up, though. I've, I've been playing that game for 13 years now, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> right around uh, the time of uh, the trick, 
is when Lori notices that the dog has tags on its neck. And Norm's like, oh, what? What does it have, like, diabetes or something? That fucking <laughs> joke. This. So one thing I do want to point out, too. This He says diabetes, too. Yeah, he says diabetes, which is great. Yeah. But this whole episode is diabetes. just one-liners, and they all hit. A couple weeks ago, we did Happy Together, which I think is one of the worst shows we ever covered that had so many jokes and none of them landed. This show Because you hate more... Damon Wayans Jr. Not correct. But this show has more jokes than that show had by, like, tenfold. And every... I don't think there's one joke that doesn't land in this whole thing. Like, it's hard to watch I agree. take notes. Everything works. Every single joke works and lands, and there's so many of them. These jokes have Norm's voice in it. You know what I mean? And that You can tell helps. he's a writer. There's a scene, too, where... Uh, my favorite scene of this whole episode is he says a joke, and his, uh, his friend, I can't remember the uh, character's name... He says something, and then Norm starts to smile, and you can tell it's a real, genuine, he was laughing, and they didn't cut the camera away. And that always makes you feel so, like... He does that a couple times. It makes you feel like you really care about these characters, like they're, like, in it together or something. I don't know, but it always makes me root for them more. It turns out that this dog has an owner when she's reading the tags. And when she reads the address, she's like, yes, that's exactly the address where I found him. (laughs) (laughs) Did anybody look up the address? I did not. No. It's now... A Holiday Inn Express. Oh, neat. Oh. It's Isn't actually got pretty front? decent reviews and seems to be fairly inexpensive if you're in the Chelsea area. It's right near Madison Square Garden. So if anybody ever goes to New York and needs to go, like, once he wrestles in the garden. wildly expensive then, yep. Yeah, and this is, like, likely the least expensive, decent hotel near there. But, uh, yeah, I looked at it and it's so funny because the picture, it clearly looks like this was probably once an apartment building. But now it's... Just got banners outside. They're like, we're a hotel now. So the, dog a just, thing. the dog is just still, still there. Just like, sitting uh, like in uh, Futurama. <laughs> so old. His head's in a jar like Richard Nixon. And when we, um, we cut back outside after that, and we see a man posting like missing signs for his dog, and Norm runs up like behind him because he doesn't want him to notice, but uh, he does. And he's like, oh, you found Snoopy. Where'd you find him? And he's like, he's too nervous to tell him the truth. So he just says he found him like a couple blocks down and that he should put him on a leash because he's a runner, which obviously this dog doesn't move <laughs> ever. So this is the most norm. part. Like he's norm so hard here, too. He's like, not here. I'll tell you what. Like, that's yeah. such a like his character joke. Also, it's so weird. People name dogs Snoopy that look nothing like the character Snoopy. And it happens yeah. all the time. Be like, who's that Rottweiler who is fucking foaming at the mouth like oh that's snoopy like no it fucking isn't that's not what you name that dog i think most of the time that would happen because like you let the kids name the dog and stuff that's kind of ends up how that works yeah so i bet nowadays now that like less kids know who snoopy is that like will be a less popular name who's the big one on paw patrol well they're all dogs they're, they're all dogs <laughs> that's, I guess, the, yeah. that's that's the whole stick which one's paw patrol the one with the dogs. The team that's of five dogs. dogs. They're all like superheroes. Was a firefighter. I meant, I meant which dog. I was making a bad joke. There's oh, okay. uh, Chase, Chase, Marshall, Sky, uh, Rubble, Zuma, and Rocky. Oh, I, I, I would imagine most of them named Bluey now. Bluey's okay. probably the Isn't one. That that's the a big good call. One? Yeah. But um, from there we get into the intro, which is just a um, it's just like a cartoon of like different people walking through Times Square to the song "Too Bad" performed by Doug and the Slugs. Um, this was fine. It was like upbeat. Like I liked the song, but I thought that cartoon had nothing to do with anything. I just no. thought it was very New York. It's like a guy skateboards and hits a guy. Like they show Times Square. They show New York. I thought it was just good to like show. But this show isn't like, like how Seinfeld felt more New York-y. This, even though this takes place in New York, 
It doesn't have that like. Yeah, I didn't even know it was New, New York. York. Vibe. Yeah, it could easily have not been New York, and I wouldn't have known any of the wiser. So I don't know. It, it could just... have been any city. Yeah, I... two two weeks in a row with a cartoon intro. It is two weeks yeah, in a row, true. actually. And I'll say, so last week we covered uh, Aliens in the Family. If you haven't watched it uh, or listened to our episode, rather go back and check that out. Aliens in the Family didn't have a lot of redeemable qualities, but I thought the intro was actually pretty good. And yeah. good the animation of the, the intro story. was fine, yeah. But I, I do like this song a lot, though. I've always liked this song. Yeah, I don't. I just felt like the intro itself, they put all this effort into an intro that made no sense. Like, it wasn't like when they just throw up a title screen, they, like, they made this whole cartoon thing, and it has nothing to do with anything. So, when the show first starts, when Norm is walking down the street, it flashes the Norm show, and it has a little bit of music. I thought that was the intro. And you could have like, at least this... made Norm one of the cartoons you walk by. That would have... <laughs> yeah. If you made the characters the cartoon. Yeah, Like, if a kid it. hit Norm, you know, like that would be different. Yeah, and everyone who's bumping into each other could have just been people from the show, and it would have just made more sense. But this was just like... It felt like stock cartoon footage they had, and they just threw it in. The one thing I did like about this the most, too, though, was I, like I said, I like that song a lot anyway, but that's like a band who never really was big in America, but were really big in Canada. And Norm being Canadian, like, I like that he threw in a bunch of, like, stuff. Like, he played for the Oilers, right? He plays, he has a Canadian band doing the theme song. I appreciate that he, like, put some of those, like, things that he would have known from back home into the show. And then um, in the next scene, we're at Norm's work. And we said this before. This felt very much like The Office from Drew Carey. It was, like, very much uh, situated the same. Has that big open area with all the desks in it. And then, like, to the right is, like, the boss's desk. Uh, like, the boss's side office, rather. The upstairs of Winford Louder. Yes. <laughs> so uh gave me that vibe immediately as soon as um we got to that. So it is interesting to see it's, like, the same creators. <laughs> like, they might have even used, like, a similar... Probably just dressed it a little different, but could have even been the same set for all we knew. Ian Gomez, too, being in it, like, he's one of the funniest side characters on Drew Carey for me. And he works at Winford Louder, too. So seeing him up there, I think, really, like, kind of makes it feel it even more It ties it even like more, yes. Yeah. This is when we find out that Norm's a social worker. And he's talking to a kid who seems to be, like, in and out of trouble. And when they're talking, the kid recognizes Norm. And that's when we find out, Joe, you mentioned earlier that he was a hockey player. In the NHL, they used to play for the Edmonton Oilers. Did you recognize the kid? I did not, actually. He was Billy Crystal's son in Analyze This and Analyze That. Oh, oh man. That's fucking this whole thing, too, was a weird uh, <laughs> reference to Stand By Me when you find out what he stole. We'll get into it in a second. He's like, when he finds out, you know, he recognizes him from being in hockey, he's like, yeah, that's right. In hockey, you need to understand that there's penalties and rules. And that's when the kid cuts him off. He's like, didn't you get arrested for gambling and tax evasion? Because of this, we now know Norm's backstory and that he's been banned for life from the NFL. Uh, I think, NHL. I think hockey was the wrong choice because I love Norm, but he doesn't look like an athlete. Or a hockey At all. Thing. Maybe they should have made him like a former professional golfer that cheated or something like that. But I would have bought... Even if you wanted to keep it Canada, I guess you could have been like, didn't used to be a pitcher for the Montreal Expos. I think that maybe would have been a little bit more believable. Yeah. Okay, yeah, works. pitchers especially, or like... Curler? Well, there's no... I, I mean, look... What kid it, would be like, oh, weren't you like a curler <laughs> in the Canadian <laughs> Olympic team? I love curling. Anytime it's on TV, I will watch it. But it's always so sad to, to see the curlers are like, on their shirts. It's like, you know greg's tire shop like they have to find like the anybody who will sponsor them Whoa. do you want to sponsor a curling team gordo it's probably gonna be more money than we have in the coffers right now 
It's oh, eleven dollars from S one E one. Yeah, the other thing about that too is you sponsor them, you give like, that money is to get them like hotel rooms. It's like not a cheap thing to sponsor even yeah. something like curling. What if we what if we sponsor one drink at the mini bar? We need someone to sponsor us. <laughs> like it's the other way around. We're not the well, sponsors. Listen, you gotta give first to get. No. You That's don't. how it works. What you what go what goes around comes around. You only get what you give. So um the kid's asking him, well, if you don't follow rules, then why should I? He's like, well, for one thing, you don't want to end up stuck doing social work for five years. It's community service. This uh, feels very much like in the episode in Seinfeld when they do the show within the show where the guy hits Jerry's car. That's the premise. He hits Jerry's car. He has no insurance. He's forced to be his butler. That's what this feels like, because nobody would ever actually get sentenced to instead of five years in jail. You're a New York social worker for five years, who, by the way, also a, still pulls the yeah. salary. Yeah. Because he's paying I, for the apartment and everything. I felt like they did a good job with this in that we talked about it before, like how you give people the origin. And we're finding out his backstory here in a very light way that's not, it doesn't feel forced. So now we, know, agree with that. we know his past. We know why he's here. It's all being described, but it's like done in, like with quick jokes. And it's not, it doesn't feel like unnatural conversation. So like, I don't know. It, I think it was a good way to clue us into everything i think it's also a good like saying that backstory also is a good descriptor for how he acts as a social worker like there's a reason why he's lax there's a reason why he acts yeah. the way he does well, yeah he doesn't give sure, a shit because yeah. he doesn't want to be a social worker yeah. exactly and like a, a regular social worker is usually dedicated to their work yeah it's funny because you get sort of three sides of a coin with this with the three people who work there because you get Lori who really wants to change the world as a social worker norm who doesn't care because he has to do it and then yeah, gomez's character is just horny <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. trying to find to excuses to get laid as a social worker <laughs> i like when norm tells him like i may have gambled on the sport i was involved in and then avoided paying taxes for that gambling but you stole all right you stole um and he goes through the file a uh, comb <laughs> he's like wait uh He's, that's not it. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> like, come back when you stab somebody. <laughs> and Norm in real life, too, was a like really, really bad gambler who lost. He bankrupted himself like three or four times gambling in the course of his life. It's always the ones who can easily make money back, though, that do it. Like, if I do that once, I'm done forever. There are stories of him like getting out of like they finish an episode of SNL or whatever. It's like 1 a.m. He gets in a limo and just drives to Atlantic City and then they check in with him on Monday. And he's like, yeah, I lost $50,000 on Saturday night. Like would just do that stuff. And like, you know, gambling that heavy, you can win big, but you can also lose everything you own really easy too. House always wins. When he's, when he's walking out of the room with that kid, you see somebody like drop a large stack of folders on his desk. And that's when um like. Norm shouts like, "Hey, what the hell are you doing, ass face?" <laughs> that, that that ass face is like the most norm thing ever. <laughs> hey, ass face. <laughs> it's like not not a regularly used insult. It's very him. Ass face being his boss, uh, Mister Curtis, who like reminds him like, you know, the minute that I kick you out of here, you go to prison. It's like it's an interesting dynamic, right? Like he can't help but still be him, even though he knows how much is riding on this job. It sets up really good conflict yeah and i feel like this comes up you know throughout the episode like this whole like my job is on the line based on my performance but also i don't care about my performance at this job 
Well, he doesn't last long in the show, too. He only makes it five episodes before they replace him as the boss. Oh, they really? They gotta make that guy out to be, like, an asshole and stuff, but he's just a guy who's a social worker by choice and cares about people and is yeah, doing his right. job. Like, he literally cares about children and wants the other people who work there to also care about their job. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, we're rooting for this prick who cheats in, <laughs> in the NHL and stuff. So they changed, they changed the boss much like they did in the Drew Carey show? Yes. But Mr. I will Wick say, Mr. Uh, what's the original before Mr. Wick? I forget now. Mr. Pitt? No. No, that's Seinfeld also. It was the name of the store, whatever the store. Winford? Winford Mr. Winford? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I think it might we'll be. We'll have to look that up. But I do remember the episode where the boss leaves. It's because Norm has sex with his daughter, and the boss has a freak out and runs away. And then he's replaced by the dad from Elf. Nice. Ooh. But wait, isn't his daughter a little kid? Uh, it's established in this show? That's uh, the other daughter. Okay. <laughs> Although it's not like it wouldn't be uh, out of the realm, considering that there are a lot of jokes about underage sex work in this episode. True. I thought it was interesting when he walked off, Mr. Curtis, that is, he walks by the guy Danny's, that's, that's the character Ian Gomez plays. He, he like takes issue with the fact that he has like a crucifix on his desk. It tells him that like he has to get rid of that. And I just thought that was one of those just uh, you know, when you think about real world versus sitcom world, and like that's something that like would never fly at an office, like telling someone they have to remove a religious thing. Uh at a government job, maybe. I don't know. That's one of those touchy like It's way too touchy. Yeah, you have to be like everybody can do whatever they anywhere want. Anywhere I've ever worked, like if anyone does anything for the sake of religion, you can't tell them otherwise. You you let that go. No, I think you can have like a cross at like around your neck you can't have a giant crucifix on your desk yeah especially like i said at a like government separation job. of church and state yeah but there's also religious freedom so it's one of those unless they tell you you're not allowed to have any personal items on your desk then yeah you could find that it. Would be able to fly yeah it's a 90s they could do it 90s <laughs> yeah this show is very much like oh this is the 90s and this show would not happen any way it does now it's barely the 90s it's the t it's like it's the, the last end, few but, months of the 90s <laughs> but 24 years ago was a different world oh well yeah five years ago was a different world <laughs> Lori walks in and norm starts talking to her about how he gave that dog back and now he wants one of his own and like danny's really awkwardly telling him no because i guess dogs bite him a lot as the only person on this podcast who's been bitten by a dog, it sucks, and it kind of makes you gun-shy around dogs. I've been bitten by a dog. I've been bitten by a dog. I just wasn't a huge bitch about it like you were. <laughs> you think it's uncommon to get bit by a dog? I don't think any. I didn't think anybody but me has been bit bad enough to go to the hospital. I can't see the scar anymore. But I got Zoroed by a friend's dog. His name was Scruffy, and his bite carved a huge S in my forearm. Damn. Oh, his cousin Soro. <laughs> I tried biting Jays into people's arms, but it's, like, fucking so difficult. <laughs> what are you doing? Give me a second. If your name was started with an O, it's a lot easier. Right. Uh, also, I guess it's important to mention that, like, Lori is also a social worker. She's just not hanging out in the office. She's, you know, another employee oh, there. Doing social that work? Was, that was when I realized that she's not his wife. Because the first time you see it is in the apartment, and they're, like, just together with the dog. I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, thinking back, my initial impression, I still didn't, they had too much of a friendly vibe. There was no, like, hug and kiss or anything like that when she walked in. No talk of, like, like, is dinner being ready? Like, so, I don't know. I just feel like I never got a couple vibe from them. 
I feel like it would have been like too, like, honey, look, I got us a dog. Like you say us and honey, and you can like change the perception of that so much. So now Norm's telling Danny that they only bite him because they don't have any hands, because what they want to actually do is punch him. The amount of one-liners in this that are so funny is insane. It's tough to not do all the Norm jokes in like yeah. Norm's voice and cadence. Uh, and then, would be three hours long. And then when you read, the yeah, jokes. and when you read them, it doesn't come off the same way because he has such a unique delivery. This is one of those episodes that was really hard to do notes for because there's so much pausing because you're trying to catch everything that goes yeah. on. So now Lori suggests, why don't you just get a dog from the pound? But Norm's like, aren't those ones used? <laughs> I want to get a new one. I and that Norm. it like triggers Lori because now she's thinking about her own life and feeling used and old. Yeah, like that she spirals into a meltdown about herself here. It was funny. I think, um, again, we talked about she's great. And I, I, her, it's, it was like over the top without being too much, though. I think they did a great job for a first episode to give you the personalities of the three main characters, like completely, but all through the episode, not just like up front and here's what we're doing. Like they actually kind of all developed through it. So you knew exactly who they were at the end. Have any of you guys gotten like pets through pet adoption or like pounds yeah. and things like that? Mm -hmm. No, because if no. they wanted to help animals, they'd give them for free. They still charge you like a two thousand dollars to adopt something. Well, they're still paying it's, to take care yeah, of them until have... someone gets them, so that costs money. And <laughs> it wasn't that much you. too. The place we got our cat from last year when we got a new cat was like I think it was like three hundred dollars and it was a donation and you didn't necessarily have to do it. You had to pay for the shots, but they ask you to make a donation in X amount of money or more. What's really uh, weird though is that they made us do a Zoom call and take the like our computer all the way through the house because they wanted to see everything like they care that much about it we're like i'm trying to take this cat in for free here like why my house is obviously not dangerous for cats uh it's easier for cats than dogs uh dogs they put you through the ringer like we ended up getting martha at you know buying martha because we were gonna get another dog and they just were like nope you're, you don't have a backyard you don't have this you don't have that and it's, like I said, just different for different animals. So it depends. Like, if you're trying to oh, rent a hedgehog, they're not going to matter. It's like, also, sure, to get all right, just euthanize the dog rather than give them to me because I don't have a backyard. It's like I know, it's insane. It's also I weird, was... too, because they'll check now and be like, they want to see a copy of your lease to make sure. If you rent, they want to make sure yeah. that your apartment can, like, it's in the lease that you can have a pet because they don't want to, like. That's a fair ask, though. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, but, like, they check a lot of boxes. And they'll actually call your landlord. Yeah. Like, they won't take the, the lease as a as a stone. What? Set in stone? Correct. Uh, <laughs> Why we got there. take your lease as a stone? <laughs> <laughs> Gordo's lease was on a tablet that they carved out. <laughs> the 11th commandment. Thou shall not move from thy house. <laughs> Noah's duplex. <laughs> um, I wish I'd have more space. I always like, I mean, I commend people who will adopt like older dogs and stuff too, because it's so tough. I couldn't do it because it's like the loss of a pet is so like devastating. It fucks and, you up. And when you like, when you're getting like a dog that's already like, you know, if a bigger dog, it's already a few years. You already know we've cut the time in half. It's like, it's so tough to know it's going to be such a finite amount of time to like go through all that, like the sad parts, like twice as fast. I, I, I don't know. So it's like all the props in the world because like every dog or cat or anything like deserve a good home. But it's like emotionally, I don't think I could handle 
knowing I would have such a limited amount of time and like going through all that sad stuff so quickly. I do appreciate though. I think a lot of people, I think it works for your age too, right? Like I know a lot of older people will adopt older pets because they're not like, like it's hard when you get a brand new puppy or a brand new kitten, right? Cause they're fucking crazy and they're not trained yeah. and they're running around everywhere. And it's a ton of work and you have to watch everything and teach them not to scratch and where to like go. But like, if you're like an older person and have like the sort of energy to do that, I think that's like a big place to get like a five-year-old dog, right? Or a six-year-old dog and be like, this dog is kind of mellow. Like I am, it can be at a good speed and like, We'll give it a good five or six years, you know. Mr. Curtis comes back with, like, the day's assignments. That's when we find out uh, one of the cases that Norm worked on, the girl, uh, her name was Taylor Clayton. And Norm mentions, yeah, I helped her get a job uh, at, like, a pizza place. And that was, like, you know, one of the things he's accomplished since he's worked there. And then we find out from Curtis that she's now working at a massage parlor. Just for some clarification in the context of, like, the show, the massage parlor means she's, like, a straight-up hooker. Like, we're not talking about, like, just, like, a like a happy ending thing. Because I think they didn't... When when I was first watching that, I felt like, oh, a massage parlor. Like, worst-case scenario is, like, just, you know, a happy ending thing. I never right. think of a massage parlor as a straight-up brothel, which is how it's presented in the show. Yeah, this is flat-out, this is straight prostitution. Right. This is straight sex work. It's not like you give massages still. You have to know how to do that. But if somebody wants a happy ending, you can do it for extra money. This is flat out like. Also, when you break down the prices too, like I know this is 24 years ago, but like you can go have sex with someone for $50, which is Especially still Nikki Cox. with inflation. <laughs> yeah, you can have sex with Nikki Cox with inflation for $89. That is not a lot of money. I feel like she could go somewhere else and probably make a lot more money. This seems she like a go bad to the bunny ranch. Go to the Bunny Ranch for that fifteen hundred. Why do you know the prices? <laughs> I've looked it up. Why did you curious. look it up? Okay, I was actually curious after reading about it. I did we watch the Penn and Teller's wrong. bullshit about it once. If you've never seen that, it's really interesting. Oh, I have to watch that. I like that show. We really like the one on water, bottled water episode. Every every episode was good. When we finished that show, I was genuinely sad that there was no more to watch. I liked when um when Norm was defending himself, talking about how he got her the job at the pizza place. His boss is like, well, did you ever call to, like, see how she was doing there? It's like, yeah, I call a lot of times. She was never there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's the pizza place that he gets his pizza from? And it was just like, that was the laziest. That's what I thought of it. It was like the laziest thing ever. He's like, oh, well, I get pizza here every day. You hire him? Hey, I, got this, I got this girl here. You want her to work? Or when he's making the call, it's while he's ordering pizza to, like, pick up. And this is uh, when Curtis tells Norm, like, he has to go to the massage parlor to get her out of there. And he says that someone has to go with them. And, like, Danny, like, shoots up. And he's trying very hard to volunteer. He says uh, he really enjoys field work. Uh, he hasn't had field work in, like, six months. Talking about sex. <laughs> and again, we keep talking about this person. This weird to believe that Nikki Cox's character is in high school, right? Or high school yes, age. Yes, I was going to bring it up later. Um, there's like, a we can wait if you want. That, but yeah. this is the only issue I have with this show. Big issue yeah. with that, yeah. Because at one so, point she's like, I will go back to school. Or she at one point says, when I turn eight, when I get old enough to start going to a real strip club, and you're like, yeah. oh, holy shit, this is weird. Right. Um, this is our third Nikki Cox show. Yeah. And her sitcom, Nikki, that was created by the same creator, I bet is probably pretty funny because this guy's got a pretty good batting average. What was the other Nikki Cox show? I remember doing Unhappily didn't Ever we, After. Didn't we do the one with the wrestler? The one with the wrestler? Wasn't what that one when about? she managed the wrestler? It was her boyfriend. I don't think we did that show. I don't remember that. No. Do you know the name of the show? 
I think it was one. Maybe we didn't cover it. I think you talked about the show, and maybe we just never covered it. Oh, maybe. It. I, yeah, because I can't even think right, of what So it's our second one. Our first one being Unhappily okay. Ever After with <laughs> yeah, uh, so Bobcat Goldweight. Yes. How's so your we impression have going, Jay? Terribly. Yeah, Jay. Like I said, he doesn't even do the voice anymore. I think it would be very... He didn't pass it down to me, so it would be unfair at this point to just... Uh, You've been doing the Norm voice all day, and he's dead and pass it down to you. And you did Bobit last week. Oh, Different. fucking don't bring up Bobit ever again. If you want to go back and listen to Aliens and the Family, go ahead and do that. So, yeah. So, in any event, the way this shakes down is that Lori's the one who's going to go with them to this massage parlor. And she's not very happy about it. And we cut to the parlor and we see, like, all these girls in, like, robes walking around. They need to find Taylor. And Norm tells Lori that he has an idea. So, they head over to, like, the reception area or whatever. And Norm's asking if she's working today, Taylor. And when the woman asks if there's anything that they can do for him, he's like, yeah, well, uh, me and the wife are kind of swingers, and you just see Lori like, "Oh my god," she's like dying. It's <laughs> so quick on his feet right. and great yeah. too. And he tells this girl how she likes to watch him. Good she's just I do like, like too that he, because it's the wife thing. When he finds out how much money it is, he's like, "I'll just take money from my wife's purse." Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. fucking great <laughs> because it's like a hundred bucks, and he only has thirty on him, and like just the joy on his face going through her purse. She gets she, a great like, line of this, too, where she's like, can I watch somebody else? He's not very good. Like, she at least gets a barb into him for it, you know? But I don't understand is why do they have to keep the act up at this point? Because they've already established that she's working there and they're her social workers. So it's uh, been confirmed she's there. They don't need to lie. She can't say no. She's, Pandora doesn't go back in the box. She already said she's here. Like, let us see her. Oh, we're going to bring the police into this place of prostitution. Maybe. Because that wouldn't be as fun. Okay. Yeah. Also, those places I, I would imagine fun. probably have pretty scary security people involved. And Norm, as we discover later, is afraid to like get her in trouble because she could get him in trouble too. He could have said all that stuff and then got thrown into a dumpster like in uh, Dirty Work. <laughs> I was also thinking of the pizza scene for Dirty Work too. It's like you tell Alfredo and the rest of those greasy Italians. <laughs> like it's so hard not to think about it. So we flash forward like a few minutes, and Taylor and Norm are walking into a private room. And she's telling Norm how, like, she appreciates him getting her the job at the pizza place, but she just couldn't work there anymore. Some guy that used to go there would hit on her. And he's like, yeah, that'd be like someone coming in here and demanding pizza. That was really funny, too. Again, the one-liners just hit, and they're so good. I wouldn't want to eat pizza at a brothel, though. But would you eat at a strip club? No. no. When I see strip clubs have food, I am always very grossed out by So here's idea. the thing. I, I've never <laughs> had food at a strip club, personally. There's always one guy though sitting in the back eating. But a whole there were so bunch the one so I, oh, I hate so going too regional. So the strip club that's like closest to the town that we all grew up in. At one point in time, they had different ownership. And when we were younger and we're like first old enough to go to these, they used to have like steak tips and stuff like real like a real kitchen. <laughs> and yeah. I knew I knew people who worked there, and everyone swore by the food and said the steak tips were legit delicious. I never had them. But I had only heard positive reviews from multiple no, people. No, this this airborne come. I'm not eating in a strip club. Everything I've only been to strip clubs three times in total in my life. It's just not my scene. Hold on, but I feel like hold on. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ferg. Are you under the belief that there's just come particles in the air at all times? Shine a black light in a strip club. Do you drink when you're in there? Oh no. <laughs> 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 I didn't want to say it, but I was like, buddy, if they're in the air. Yeah. I get bottles. For, it's all right. For, for, for a sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
You get one of those things they give you for like soda bottles that you can put it back in the fridge and not uh, <laughs> lose saying, the carbonation. It's the same reason why I wouldn't shit. It's the same reason why I wouldn't shit at a strip club. I've done that. Oh, you got come by. File that under things that would <laughs> never surprise me in my entire life, Gordo. Verga. You got to be real careful though when you do that because you got to go in and you got to be quick. You're not careful of, with anything. I I don't want to get too far. <laughs> That's a we're warning. not even really we're not even really talking strip clubs, but um, one other strip club story I'd like to interject real quick is um there was this other uh strip club that wasn't too far from where we all grew up, and I went in once with a couple friends, and I had to use the bathroom just to go number one, and when I opened the door. There was a dude standing at the urinal, like feverishly <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Case and point. And it yeah. was like, oh my God. And like, go to the stall and shut the door. <laughs> right. If you're going to do that, at least what? go in the stall, bud. The guy Why just would doing you do that. that. Jay goes down, drops his pants to his legs and stuff. <laughs> the next question was going to be did it, was his pants all the way to his ankles? Because that would have been such a great moment. Are you crazy with all those particles floating around? <laughs> exactly. He would have got yeah. butt pregnant. <laughs> Strip clubs to so, me, like uh, I said, I haven't been to a lot of them, but they all smell exactly the same to me. It's definitely like stale vanilla? and still and vanilla. And that makes me not yep. want to think of eating the food because it would just taste like that. You left mm. out the smell of regret. Regret is definitely there. <laughs> uh, the smell of like people's, uh, everyone in there just looks like Gil from The Simpsons after they've just emptied their bank account from a, <laughs> a uh, ATM that takes like a $17 fee. Like it's, the whole thing is such an insane enterprise. So um, Lori ends up in the room and she's very skeeved out by being at this place. And she's reminding Taylor that, you know, being here is a violation of her probation and she can end up in jail. And Taylor's like, this is the only place where I can make this kind of money. And Joe, as you mentioned earlier, until she's old enough to strip. So Meaning she's a minor? she's under 17. Yeah. Under 18. Uh, as a social worker. I'll say she obviously doesn't, she doesn't pass for like young looking. Uh, she's not old by any means in the show. Um, but she's but, 21 in real life at this time. Okay. And really, even uh, that's even younger than I would have pegged her for at the time. But um, yeah, there's no point where I would have thought she was like a 16 year old girl or something like that. No, no. Right. They, they, get a, they do a good job of making the casting of this, not somebody who's going to read super creepily young. I actually feel like too, Nikki Cox actually did a good job like acting like she's like, and she's very charming and like quick. And I felt like in a way that makes her seem more mature. Like it doesn't like it. Do you need someone who's like plays a little more dumb and childish. And she just seemed too quick witted. Uh, not to bring up stuff from the past. I remember, but if I remember correctly too, she ends up as a series regular later on uh, dating uh, Danny. Wow, good. Well, good for Danny. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I like when Norman said, "Must have been a hell of a career day at your school." <laughs> yeah. And again, he hammers in the like, "Oh, you were." Because she keeps saying, "Like when I go back to school, you're like, you don't mean college." This is so weird. And only this show, with only these people, can make this be still super funny without you the whole time being like, "Oh, this feels a lot uncomfortable, right?" Yeah. And Did we rarely not cover the show, Nikki. No. 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 It's Christ. Jesus Is that the Christ. one where she has a wrestler? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. It. No, we haven't covered that. <laughs> yeah, I added to my we, list, though. Yeah, we could do it. <laughs> so, I mean, um, we've been trying to figure out enough shows to do a WrestleMania month. So done, there's a wrestler-involved show. We've done too many shows. My brain is broken. <laughs> there's a point where Lori pulls Norm off into the hallway to have a quick sidebar with her. With her and um, 
in that conversation, we find out that Lori was Norm's social worker. So that's, I guess, how they met. I don't think they were already friends and they happened to pair them up. No, I think that you're supposed to believe that, like, she's now paying it for he should be paying it forward because she paid it forward to him but they just ended up becoming good friends so they head back in the room and basically that conversation was just shut up and let me do the talking when they head back in Lori's trying to talk taylor into leaving this place and taylor's like well what do you know and norm's like she may not know as much as you about like all this stuff but she knows like plenty more than you about things men don't care about (laughs) (laughs) this is a great exchange i feel like all of the best lines of this show happen in the Massage parlor, because the the norm quip coming up in a second here is, like, next level good. Was this when Lori's talking about, like, what her long-term plan would be and that there's nothing sadder than a 70-year-old prostitute? Yeah. To which Norm says, yeah, you'll be taking your teeth out 20 or 30 times a day. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I did not expect that much of an old lady blowjob joke to come out of this episode. Just look at the clients. That's the one thing that's sadder. That's, and that's... I will. That's I like right after that is when Norm decides to play the right or wrong game with her, and uh, he's like, "Is it wrong? Is it right or wrong to steal a loaf of bread? Wrong. All right. What if you steal a loaf of bread to give to a homeless person? Still wrong." And he goes, "Okay, a guy in a bread truck wants to have sex with you in exchange for cash." <laughs> I was fucking dying when he said that. Yeah. I just didn't. I just didn't see it. Like completely. It's took funny me off because I, I I thought he was gonna get genuine for a second, yeah. and then he just did, didn't. I knew there right, would be yeah. a joke, but I didn't think it was gonna be such a hard pivot. You know, like I thought that was gonna be like a guy offers you bread in exchange for like I don't know. It was just the fact there was a guy in a bread truck now. Like we just got completely <laughs> off the rails. Like I don't know that he kept with bread is such yeah such a testament to how well this show was written. It just like I yeah it fucking killed me. It was like a great end to that scene. And then, like, after that, we flash. I don't know if it was the next day or whatever, but Norm and Danny are at a restaurant together, and he's, like, going through, like, some dog book until Lori walks in. And she wants to know what, like, the new plan is since plan A didn't work out. He's like, well, originally I was going to do nothing, but figured that was too lazy, so now I'm just going to get drunk. And Lori's trying to get Norm riled up and basically tells him that he's bad at his job just like he was bad at hockey. And, like, Norm's response, maybe this was my favorite line. He's like, hey, I was a great hockey player. I was only a bad hockey player in comparison to other professional hockey players. <laughs> I mean, the Which, logic is sound. It's like, yeah, it it's one of those things, right? Like, it sounds funny, but then when you think about it, like, you could be the best hockey player in your state, and then you're in the NHL, and you're up against all the best players in the world, and you're not that great in comparison anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, like, you could be a genuinely funny person, right? We have a lot of friends who are very funny. I think we all have our moments who are really funny, but none of us, you put us up against professionally funny people, it's not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, we get wrecked in, like, a rap battle, or, like, a, like a roast battle. Oh, I was God, gonna say, us being on I roast never, battle. I never, one, yeah. I never made claim that I would win any rap battles. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I would at least participate in a roast battle just for the fun of it. A rap battle, I wouldn't think I'd go very far. In this scene, though, when Doug is talking, or Danny's talking about the, the dog, and he's like, well, I have asthma, too, so he's got a dog that smokes. Norm has the most <laughs> genuine smile he can't keep from, like, laughing at the joke, and it was, like, heartening to see him smile. He has to, like, keep his head down because he doesn't want to break. And you know he just thought of a dog with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Purposefully so, blowing smoke in someone's face. So this was something that confused me a little bit. So after this, Mr. Curtis walks in, like, is he just like following them? Like they're not at work. They're, they're I at a restaurant. They're on their lunch break because he said he. Yeah, I think uh, they're at lunch the same lunch. day. 
Yeah, like, but I like they're not at work. Building. They're like at a like restaurant bar. Like you can't. Yeah, but they're all there. Maybe that's the restaurant that's across the street from the office, and that's where they frequent. Just well, they're in their lunch the break, so don't floor. go in there and fucking badger them about work. He's probably getting drinking. lunch too. And well, then wait a fucking drinking. hour and then talk to them about work. Don't go and bother them while they're eating. I mean, He's I've had drinking. a lot of. But there was like every job I ever had had bars or restaurants around it that everybody went to, and you just saw people on your break every time because of overlapping breaks. So it, it made sense to me. But would your boss go in there and start continuing to like continue with work while you're in there? If they were mad at me, sure. I mean, I think or that's again, the again, issue. Again, if you're consuming alcohol in the middle of the day during your work shift, then yes. He didn't even really well, mind I, I, the alcohol thing that much like comparatively yeah, like, to anything else. Yeah, he like made fun of him for it. He's like drinking your lunch again, but he didn't like say I'll fire you if I catch you drinking a beer again. Yeah, because he was basically just asking him about how that whole Taylor situation went. And Norm's like, well, it didn't go so well. Um, also, like, the massage parlor isn't, like, the way you think of it. And he's like, oh, so it's not, like, a place where people are having sex for money? He's like, oh, well, I guess it is the massage parlor. That <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis basically tells him, like, you better fix this or, you know, I'm telling your probation officer and then you're going to be going to prison. And then he, like, takes off. And that's and bullshit it- because he's actually made, made the effort and he's doing his job. He can't help it if she refuses. Well, no, because I mean, it kind of comes up later. He, he can't. <laughs> like that's if she thing. refuses, he, he has to, to forcibly report. Yeah, her. you can that's step in at some point. I still don't agree with him ruining their lunch break. <laughs> it really bothered me. And I've worked in a lot of offices and a lot of jobs where, like, you just see everybody at lunch at the same place. I mean, you think of the airport, right, where you work. I mean, there's only so many places in your terminal you can go to eat. Right? Oh, I know. And most of the time, I'm just staying in my break room. So, like, there's times where, like, that's unavoidable, but. Like, I'll turn my radio off and things like that. Like, if, if I'm not being paid, like, I'm off the clock. Like, don't bother me for that half hour or whatever. Oh, for sure. Definitely take your, like, your radio and stuff there. But, like, like I think of when I worked in Harvard Square, right? Like, there's, it's such a congested area that, like, there's nowhere you can go that you're not going to run to somebody you work with if they're on lunch, too. Because there's, like, ten restaurants. No, I think it's block. okay to talk work or, you know, especially when you're around your coworkers. And, like, yeah, that stuff's unavoidable. What bothered me is he's their boss and he's just running up to them and just continuing with work outside of the work situation, like in a way where he's like following up with things and all this stuff. I don't know. It just felt like that's not their They're on their break. Like, leave them alone. Talking to your coworkers is different than talking to your boss. I think the issue here, though, too, is it's salary work. I think anybody here who's on salary work can attest that you're never not on the clock when you're on salary. Like, you're always working, right? Like, that's the the downside of salary is that you're always working. The upside is that you don't have to punch in. You don't worry about overtime. You usually get a good base for doing it. But if somebody calls you at 7 p.m. and says, hey, we need something, it's very hard to say, no, I'm not on the clock right now because you're not paid by the hour. Your shift doesn't necessarily make 9 to 5, right? So I'm going to go with their probably salaried employees. They probably just get, like, a they work Monday through Friday, but they aren't, like, punching in. There's a punch clock there. So technically, you're allowed to drink and have sex on the job. I've done it every job I've ever had. So uh, the next scene, Norm, Lori, and Danny are all in the office trying to figure out how to like fix this situation so Norm doesn't go to prison. Norm's like, you know, I appreciate the help, but he had a long talk with Taylor yesterday, and he has a feeling that everything's going to work itself out. And no sooner does he say this, Taylor runs in and says to Norm, guess what? I just quit the massage parlor. I got a new job as a weather girl, and I'm going back to school. And Norm's like, great enthusiasm, but that isn't my boss, pointing over at Danny. And he says, and next time, instead of Weather Girl, how about try Fry Cook? And now Mr. Curtis happens to walk into, like, that general area, and it starts all over again. 
And the beauty of I this kinda... joke to me was I expected him to say, next time, don't say weather girl, say meteorologist, like thinking that that would sound like it was a more realistic thing to say or would sound better. But instead, he goes the complete opposite and says, yeah. just say you're a fucking fry cook. Like that made the joke so much better. My expectation was something completely different. I like Nikki Cox's delivery, actually, because when she's doing this all over the second time, she like stumbles over saying fry cook because it's like not what she wanted to say. So she's doing the whole bit again. But like mouthing those words was like, I don't know, you could you could see that she didn't yeah. want to have to say it. And I just but thought I, it was like um, good. If they stuck part. with weather girl, he could have said, oh, what channel? And then when you don't see her on TV, you're caught in that lie. True. True but I, I like the continuity of that. I, I was going to say that it was definitely rehearsed. That's why she stumbled over Fry Cook. Not that she didn't want to be one, but she practiced Weather yeah, Girl. Yeah, she wasn't prepared for the, uh, for the line change. Mr. Curtis is telling her, oh, you must feel good about yourself. And she looks at Norm and she's like, yeah, but not as good as I would have felt if I was a Weather Girl. And then, like, I Norm, like, like too, if that was off. the job she picked for herself, that would be, like, her dream job. Because yeah. she's mad that she doesn't get to be that. That was like her aspirational hope was I'd like to be Especially a weather girl. Like, the, like, yeah, if you're going to have like a fun little fantasy moment, yeah, get to be whatever you want. So like Norm shoes her out of the building in a hurry and tells her like, well, you're you're cured. So you never have to come back. And then Curtis says, you know, I never thought I'd say this to you, but good job. And then in the next scene, we see Norm and Lori and they're in Norm's apartment watching TV. His new dog runs into the room and it's like this wiener dog and has like a mop attached to the stomach. And when Lori asks, like, what that's for, Norm's like, oh, look, uh, for this new trick. And, like, I like the way they shot it. They literally just, he places the dog at, like, one end of the couch, and he runs under the couch, and the camera follows it along. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. See his belly with the mop dragging across the floor and dusting under the, um, the couch. I thought that was really funny. It's like Did Norm you know teleported, though, because Norm puts it down, and then he's on the other side, and he catches it. I know it's not, like, a big <laughs> distance, but it's like he's all of a sudden on the other side. Yeah, you don't see his, like, feet moving. I like that he was like, attack the dust bunnies. The dog started going cute. That was cute. <laughs> I do have a joke for that type of dog. Get the whole dog. I don't get the whole dog thing. From the little I know of his character from this, he seems like he's lazy and wouldn't want to take care of anything, and that's another big responsibility. It just doesn't seem like something he'd want to do. I don't remember it offhand, but I had read that he does a bit in his stand-up about wanting to have a wiener dog, so there's something He does, there. yeah. Yeah. You know why the cowboy got a dachshund? Because he wanted to get along, little doggy. <laughs> that's a good joke. That's not, obviously, it's not invented. Someone told me that like a million years ago, and I was always like, that's always in my head. Was that one of Norm's jokes from the Bob Saget roast? No, but it would have been. That one's good. I'll give it to you. So now um, there's a knock at the door, and it's Danny, who's like definitely afraid of dogs, so he doesn't want to come in at first. So Norm has to like grab the dog and throw it in the bathroom. <laughs> I love that he runs right back on the door and slams it. Like... <laughs> yeah, he just slams the door shut. And then Lori starts to tell Norm how cool it was that, you know, he pulled off what he did today. And Danny's like, yeah, I almost believed it. And she's like, wait, believed what? Because he wasn't in on any of this. And then, like, she's starting to realize what happened and tells Danny that she needs to speak with him alone. And I like this, actually, from, from Danny, because he's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm sticking by my friend. And he's going on, like, this whole thing about how they're side by side and how he's not going to just leave him in the middle of this. But all the while, he's throwing his jacket on and, like, scurrying out of the house. And, like, he's talking up until the point where he leaves. <laughs> I do like that he leaves all the food there. And then eventually, Lori leaves, too. So Norm just ends up with three persons worth of Chinese food. That's a win. I know. 
It looks like that a is lot one. more than three persons worth of Chinese food, too. It's just a giant fucking thing. Like, he brought it like a, a case of individual boxes. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. To go back a second, too, I thought that that little part with Danny, like, scurrying out of the house was actually... It made... That was, like, the first time I found his character to be, like, pretty likable, too. I thought that was, like, really funny, and it, it kind of gave me that, oh, you know, there's a little meat on the bone here with him. Like, he's going to be, like, a good addition to the show. So I was saying earlier that they do a good job of, as the show goes on, developing the characters. So by the end of the episode, you have fully formed characters, but they don't push it all up front or push it all to the end. Like, you kind of see them evolve, which I think it makes you like the characters way more because you're there with them for, like, an arc. Because I think until then, he just kind of comes off as, like, weird and sleazy. You know what I mean? So that's the first time he was, like, a little bit, like, fun. I think right. that he just was going to be the quirky work friend. You know what we I mean? Talk. Like the... no, yeah. <laughs> no, that's all I was going to say. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I didn't to cut you off, Gordy. I was just going to say, okay. like, you said weird and sleazy. We didn't talk about it earlier, but there's even a scene, too, where the office, like, right before this, where he's like, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to have sex with one of these people. I'm going to leave them a pamphlet. <laughs> like, he's already, like, actively <laughs> yeah. talking about yeah. going to the, go to have sex with the sex worker. Well, I don't think he flat out said he was going to have sex with them, did he? No, he Good did. He said he'd have no, sex he with them, and instead of paying, he'd leave oh, a pamphlet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's right. also cheap, so, which is even better. When Norm's alone with Laura, he admits what he did, but he says, you know, what was I supposed to do? I'm trying to avoid prison. And, like, I guess, again, we talked about, like, he can force it. So, I mean, I guess that is his real option, is that you can just force her to go to this thing. Like, that, that's, that's really, that's the real answer. Not he doesn't just, want to throw her in prison because he got a second chance. And it shows that, like, deep down, he's yeah. a good person. Yeah. Laurie's really disappointed in him and makes that very clear. Telling him that, you know, he, he's going to ruin her life by letting her continue on with this and how selfish he is. And, you know, he always does what's just easiest for him. She's like, you even make your little dog dust. She's like, <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> Great delivery. Real quick, though, one thing I wanted to point out, the weird little things. As she leaves the house, he, like, closes the door. I don't know if anybody noticed, like, one of the set dressing things is that he's got a pair of hockey ice skates hanging on his coat rack next to the door. That is the most dangerous. Has anybody here ever ice skated before? Do you know how sharp skates are? And they're on the thing where you move your hand up to grab your coat every day. That is just a bad placement for ice skates. He also has hockey pucks on his coffee table. I don't know I if he uses those he as used them as coasters. Yeah, yeah, I thought coasters yeah. as well. Because at yeah. one point there was like three hockey pucks just on the table. I'm like, okay. I mean, he had a ton of them and then he got fired. And he doesn't want to waste all his equipment. <laughs> What am I going to do with all these pucks? <laughs> <laughs> you ever bought coasters before? Coasters are expensive. Yes. I do. And then when they break, you're really mad because coasters are expensive. J Jay's Norm and John Lovitz are the same. I was going to say okay. the same thing. He sounds a lot like the Jay Sherman character. When <laughs> they're yeah, not, they're, their cadences are not that far apart. So give us a John Lovitz. Just did this whole episode. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> Have you been paying attention? I guess Norm's a little Buy more like... Buy my book! Yeah. <laughs> He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. From my one of my favorite movies, The Wedding Singer. Did you see that? When did you see it? Alone okay, in a basement. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. Alone. <laughs> Why did you have to watch it in a basement? <laughs> I don't know. And I was, I was still a kid. I don't even know how I ended up in that situation. Shouldn't follow the free candy van. Alone in a massage parlor. Yeah. So we flash forward a little bit. Now Norm's back at that massage parlor and he's in Taylor's like private room. And he's telling her how he feels bad about what he did to her. And he thinks he figured out a way how to fix this. 
and he shows her this ad he found in the paper for a job that pays like just as well. And he goes to read it and it says models wanted, no experience necessary. And he's like, Norm, that's an ad for hookers. Oh man, I ordered choice cuts of beef from the ad over here. I'm going to get a young boy, aren't I? I'm going to get a young, <laughs> young boy. boy. The fact that he added young makes the joke so much funnier somehow. The delivery is perfect. I like a world where even if he's correct, if he had not figured that out until it was too late and he's excited, like, ah, oh, the meat guy's here. <laughs> <laughs> the literal meat guy. And he's just standing there excited with some A1 sauce. Meanwhile, he's going <laughs> to get beef. I don't imagine A1 sauce is a good sexual lubricant. Probably isn't. Why not? Probably got, like, vinegar in it. Yeah, I imagine it's going to yeah, hurt in the hole. It's going to hurt on your pee-pee. I don't even like to eat it. You don't like A1 steak sauce? No, I, I like, like barbecue A1. sauce. I don't like A1. Barbecue sauce on oh, a steak? A1. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, A1's basically just watered-down barbecue sauce. It's got uh, its, its own like very unique flavor, though. A1 sauce is very I, I like A1. It's just... Uh, I haven't had it in years. Um, it's, I, I'll oh, use I, love I had some recently I, this summer. I'll use steak sauce. I just specifically really? don't I, like A1. I assumed, Joe, that A1 was going to be one of those sauces to low-key have fish in it. No, oddly, it doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those weird things where, like... We had to check and no. There's yeah. so many weird things, like every brand except for Worcestershire one. Worcestershire sauce has yeah, fish in it. Worcestershire sauce terrible. has it. So, like, if you cook anything, like, and that's used all the time in barbecue, right? Like, people be like, oh, we made a thing for the chicken. So, I've had people, problems with People throw that. it in, like, their, like, mixture to make burgers yeah. and stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah, Worcestershire is in a lot of stuff. Well, the thing yes, is, like, to be careful. I think we've had steak talk before, but, like, as much as I loved A1 growing up, as you get older and you buy, like, nicer steaks, it just doesn't yeah. feel right to dump sauce on it if I'm going to no, spend yeah, a I lot mean, of money on a steak. <laughs> your optimal steak doesn't need anything. Right. Just a Correct. lot of ketchup, right, boys? Ugh. I know you're not kidding. kidding Donald no, you're Trump. Not I am kidding. kidding. I don't put ketchup on steak. Tell me you've never done it. Probably as a I, kid. Not yeah, now. I've done it as a kid. As a kid, sure. I will say I this, think, though. I know we had this conversation before, but I would rather have a good burger like a really good burger. Oh, the good burger. Oh, the good burger. <laughs> you know, they were like one day shy of finishing wrapping up filling on that when the strike happened. Maybe oh, they really? can use AI to finish. Two people I know were working on it, and they were like, it was like this close, and they had to fucking stop. Joe likes burger meat. Yeah, I prefer a good burger <laughs> over a steak any day. Okay, I prefer, a, like very, burger meat. I prefer a great <laughs> burger over a great steak. Jesus Christ, it's changed the wording around. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I think see, you've said this before on here, but I, yeah, yeah. I disagree. I like them both, and I don't, it, like, it's, they're too different. It's, like, just the fact that they're both beef doesn't mean they're... Yeah, that's like comparing, like, a sausage to bacon. It's completely different. Well, because people make burgers out of steak, though. Like, that's a big thing. Yeah, but they don't, beef. they don't taste the same. It just, it, it's... If it's I'm like having, I'm just, taste. my preferred red meat is a burger, I guess I'm saying. Yeah. And I think a okay. really good burger is more... <clears throat> Like a really well done burger to That's me gross. is more enjoyable than a really well done stuff. Fuck, you can't say well done either because it's a type of cooking. Right, <laughs> fucking get, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of this I one. I like that you went full Homer Simpson in the middle, though. You said burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well made. Thank you. A well made burger to me is more enjoyable than a well made steak. That's what I was saying. Well, in any event, um, he's going over all these programs that she can sign up for. And she's just not interested. And she says, like, she wants to stay at the parlor. And he tells her he doesn't want to have to do this, but he can force her into one of these programs if he has to. And she says, well, if you do that, I'm going to tell your boss that you paid me to lie, and then you're going to go to jail. 
He's like, you can't do that. That goes against prostitute social worker privilege. I can't believe we didn't mention this, but I think one of the greatest one-liners this whole episode where I, like, died completely. He's like, look, Taylor, I don't think I understand. You're a huge whore. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, spit my drink <laughs> yeah. out when he's trying to reason with her, and that's his logic. And eventually he's like, he gets to this point where he's, like, willing to go to jail to fix this. And he's like, you know what? Fine. But before I go to jail, you're going to have to give me a few pointers on a, how to please a man before I go. <laughs> Again, very much like dirty work. Because <laughs> he's like, way I'll tell line, you that. Way out of line. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good mind to speak to the warden about this. <laughs> I'm watching dirty work tonight. So we flash to the next day when Norm and Danny are walking into the office. And Danny asks Norm if, like, Curtis has called him yet. And he's like, I haven't heard from him. He's not even sure if, like, Taylor filled the report out. But they did cart her off to that apple farm last night so it's only a matter of time the apple farm was like when he was going over the list of programs she could join that was one of the ones he mentioned i think that's the one he said that was like for heroin though like specifically no 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 there was another one for heroin that was like, a, look at all these prostitutes one? picking apples <laughs> oh okay you're right <laughs> i like that and he's like that oh term... you don't do heroin huh this one looks pretty good i had you picked for this one when he says it here, though, because of the way he says things, it just sounds like an old-timey term for, like, an insane asylum. It's like, oh, they send you to the booby hatch at uh, the apple farm. <laughs> yeah. You go out of the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah. So as they're talking, Curtis walks in. He's like, Norm, could I see you in my office immediately? He, like, heads into the office, but Norm doesn't follow him, like, immediately. Before he goes in, he's like, you know what? If I'm going to go to prison anyways. And he, like, calls Curtis's wife and says, like, Hey, you know, uh, your husband's been cheating on you. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Is your mommy on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> Lori walks in and tells Norm how proud she is for uh, doing the right thing. And he's like, well, the problem with doing the right thing is you end up going to jail. And Lori holds up that report that Taylor submitted. And apparently she intercepted it from the clerk for 200 bucks. That was so very nice of her. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's this like, is a very, very money close. heavy thing. Yeah. Lori, Lori lost so far $270 on this case and keeping Norm's job. I mean, they're really good friends. And like when, when he does something morally correct like this and she realizes that there is good in him, if a hundred, if a couple hundred dollars is going to keep your friend out of jail and, and when you see they're trying to be good, like that's an easy decision. I'm kind of pissed that Taylor still submitted the, the report. I kind of thought it was a bluff. Well, I did too. Pissed. That kind of bummed like, me out. She's being like forced out of, you know, the job she wants to stay at and going to like a correction facility thing, like a rehab thing. So I will say it's been a long time since I was in that much contact with a 16 year old or 17 year old girl. But I can imagine, too, that they're acting out of spite and anger like because they're not an adult yeah. yet. Right. Like that's yeah. the kind of shit you do as a teenager. So it makes more sense when you give this show's weird, wacky plot of child sex work and then also the 1997 conversion on 200 bucks is closer to 400 it's 380 today but i mean like they they appear to be best friends now so i think like if one of you guys call oh, yeah, no, me, I like, get, i'm just saying, hey i'm gonna was, go to jail if you can yeah. spot me 400 bucks we might be able to avoid this i'd be like oh, good oh, luck in the sure. big house jay <laughs> be like, well, i've gonna... legitimately bailed friends of ours out of jail before and one of them legitimately never paid me back and i don't care anymore because it was like 15 years ago but sometimes i'll be having some drinks and the thought will come to me and i'll be like how fucking dare you not send me the money for bailing <laughs> you out of jail that time i paid my own bail 
We yeah, well, the, the, the people I was with when they got arrested one time had no money with them, so we had to front that for them. And it has to be, uh, I don't know if you can do it other, back then it was just cash. So, yeah, when I went, so when yeah. I went, um, so Which I did his vacation at the Apple farm. When so, I yeah, so, so I got put, I got put in just like, it was just like a holding cell, um, thing. So, but when I got put in, I had a ton of money in my pocket and it was like, so I used to like make t-shirts in like high school and we were collecting money for a shirt that I had made and I had all this money on me that I had to go to the bank like the next day. And like when they're going through my pockets, like, what are you doing? Like $800 in your pocket? Cause I'm a, I'm a high school kid. It makes no sense for me to have that kind you of You're immediately suspect drugs. of something else now. I'm like, uh, I make shirts. <laughs> like, um, but, um, yeah, luckily I covered my bail. So. All because all cause you couldn't keep your damn mouth shut. You had to yell across a giant park. Was this the Salem one? No. No, this is in Winthrop. This was when we saw uh, Club Dread. No, Joe, it's the first time I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time people went to a movie without him. <laughs> this is the second time. Oh, no, that would be the second time. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the second time. <laughs> That's when I finally snapped. Um, so when Norm realizes what she did, like, you know, um, they, they go and they hug one another. And while they're hugging, Mr. Curtis storms out of the office and says someone has to hold down the fort. He has, like, big problems at home and has to sprint out because <laughs> his wife's under the impression that he's cheating now because of the call from Norm. Funny joke, but great again, this poor acting. guy, he's just a nice guy See, okay. doing his job. I read this differently. Fucked. His candor alluded to the fact that she caught him. Like, he, she, he actually was cheating. No, he. No. She just called and said, "Are you cheating on me? Like I'm throwing all your shit out of the house." And he's like, what I, the I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it, I feel like Norm, like obviously, was trying to fuck with him, but maybe opened a can of worms that was already happening. I didn't. I didn't personally no, read it that way. I think no, like, I just called freaking out because some guy called. Was this guy not seem like somebody who would cheat on his wife? Because I, I got that vibe. I don't think he's some guy that could cheat on his wife. What you guys are saying, I think, is probably correct, but I love Nick's version of this, where, like, she calls, and she's like, you're cheating on me? And he's like, you found out about Susan. And she's like, then you're <laughs> fucked, right? Because yeah. you let it lip slip that you are doing it. I do like that idea. But again, I think it's probably open to interpretation, right? Because I never tell you. It would have been funnier if, because they, like, had to pay for the brothel, like, they had to bring home, like, receipts and stuff, and, like, to get reimbursed, and he had them all, and she finds them. <laughs> Yeah. She had a receipt for the brothel for one sex and one plate of steak tips, and she was like, not only were you cheating on me, but you ate brothel food? You didn't even ask me if I wanted any dinner that night. Um, Ferg, you have, a, you have a great point, too. It's like, to us, because Norm's the main character, and Mr. Curtis is the antagonist to him, you perceive him as the bad guy. But when in reality, when you're looking at this from the outside... Like Norm's the flawed character. He's the only one who's like making like real mistakes here. So it's a, it's a lot like uh, Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. He's made out to be this like horrible villain, but he's just a uh, civil servant doing his job. He's trying to literally make it so they don't make a nuclear explosion that unleashes ghosts upon the entire city. And the only thing they do is tell him that he has no dick, no dick. and then cover him in marshmallow. That poor fucking guy. Oh, you're talking about like. The weird Ghostbuster movie. Oh, I fucking hate you. I thought you were talking about the cinematic classic 2016 version. Well, in any event, we cut to later in the day and we see Norm and Lori sitting in his apartment again on the couch. And she asks him if he's heard from Taylor. 
And he's like, yeah, actually, uh, she sent me a card thanking me. And I'm like, like in the course of a day, like she went to this place last night and sent him a card and it was like received like that fast. Do we know how much time has passed? I looked back everyone, all three, cause Danny's there too. All three of them wearing the exact same oh, okay, clothes yeah, yeah. from the scene right before, Maybe which could have been over a week thing. later, a week later. And they cycled into that outfit again. Everyone's got their Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to do some some help for it. <laughs> it was just one of those like continuity things. Like, I think a little bit of a mess up there. I'm just gonna go with Norm's being sarcastic, like he always is. Also, I noticed like there was just so many snacks on that table. Like, so many snacks. So, Everyone loves snacks. They're just binging all junk food, but then there's also a jar full of celery and carrots, but like no Ugh, wings. It's just like celery it. and carrots. The one part of the wings nobody actually wants. It like like it looks like if the spread like if you're meeting up with friends to watch like football, but I don't. But it's just know him and Lori. They're, they're clearly meeting up to watch uh, curling. Yeah. Obviously, while they're sitting there, there's a knock at the door. When Norm goes to open it, there's some dude there saying that that's his dog, like that wiener dog that he has now. He's like, no, I got this from the pound. He's like, yeah, well, I left him at the pound, but, like, my wife's pissed, so now I gotta get the dog back. Oh, no, fuck that guy and fuck that pound for giving out his address. Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that is a breach. I love that they did this, though, because if they did it the other way, if it was like, look, my wife took my dog to the pound and it's my best friend, you'd yeah. be like, no, but you're totally on Norm's side here. Yeah, he's the bad guy here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Norm flat out says, you probably beat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this dude pissed me off like yeah, you don't was... have any rights to this dog at this point and you're demanding that he give him back and yeah and like you said like if there was some sob story behind it maybe but no you're just the dick who dropped the dog off at the fucking pound when you yeah i didn't want to. this yeah. anymore but now my wife's pissed so give me my dog back <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah all right guy so like obviously norm's refusing and uh the guy's like you can't take my dog he's like we're social workers we can take children and he shuts the door on him. It's such I a love great that line, line yeah. to end on. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought that was a great close. And yeah, that was the conclusion of the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I guess just to go back, and we've talked a lot in the front of the episode, but again, just like, what a talent Norm MacDonald was. And I feel like in his later years, I think because he was sick and he wasn't really, I don't think he talked about it. Was it a silent one? Kind of like, we, yeah. you know, we'd recently lost Paul Rubin. Yeah, he didn't bring it up. He didn't really yeah, tell him whether he was up. sick, so, like, you didn't His hear much His friends knew, but, like, it yeah. wasn't a public thing. Right, so, like, you know, all of a sudden he just kind of wasn't in the light anymore, and he was doing, like, little things privately, and then... He was doing that... Was talk gone. I think that talk show thing he did was probably the most, like, the the thing he did up until most, he yeah, died, Yeah, like, one right? of his final, like, like, like acting yeah. credits or whatever. But, yeah, just, uh, again, like, just a bummer that Norm's not here anymore, and it was fun to watch this. Like I said, I don't really remember this show existing, really. <laughs> So, so to kind of watch it fresh was like was fun for me. There was no nostalgia there. Um, it was almost like this new show is just unearthed. And I say it all the time too. One of those shows where I'm like, how is this not on a streaming network? There's big names in it. It's on a big network. It's not that old. I want it has to be a music thing again. If it's the same creator and stuff as Drew Carey and uh, it's, maybe it's just a licensing thing with like whoever owns the shows is just like holding the licenses for whatever reason, but. Yeah, who was the production company? This was I uh, forget off the top of my head. Uh, yes, it was. It's Mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Is there right, anything Mohawk. weird with them? No, because that's the same company. I think it has Roseanne and stuff too. So didn't they also do Drew Carey? Yeah, I would yeah. So we so. said like, but Drew Carey isn't on anything either. 
The problem um, with Drew Carey, though, is that they did, I don't remember the Norm show doing this as much, but, like, the Drew Carey show had episodes where, like, people were constantly doing, like, musical numbers, right? So they were having yeah. music all the time. I mean, the, the episode I always think of Danny in this show was the episode where they do the full Monty, and there's, like, Right, the but usually, yeah. usually those types of credits, like, you buy, when you buy, like, the rights to the song for the episode, it's for, like, in perpetuity for the episodes and stuff. Pre-streaming. So it's only... Yeah, but that was only, but that was only problems with like like sales and like we like you know DVD sale and stuff could be issues at times. But yeah, so this that's why you can still watch Drew Carey show on some of the terrestrial TV stations. I forget which one still plays it. Like Comet or one of those channels like plays like a block of that and then a block of Night Court every day, right? So they have the rights to play them on TV, but they don't have the rights for anything past that. And nobody was expecting to put out a ten season show on VHS. That would be a truckload of tapes right and nobody could have ever foreseen what we're at now with streaming so i think unless people can go and rework those rights and i would personally i would think the drew carey show is a big enough show to do it but he's come out and said too that it's probably never going to happen and i imagine he's got a better idea of it than we do that one blow that one will forever blow my mind it's like one of the biggest shows of all time <laughs> it's no, yeah, it like really 10 was 10 years it's one of the best sitcoms of the 90s, and we can't watch it. That's a huge bummer to, like, everybody. And Drew Carey is hugely popular. He's still doing Prices Right. He's on TV every single day. WWE Hall of Famer. I was just going to say WWE yes. Hall of Famer. He burns his hand on the light bulbs in the Weird Al video, which I think about all the time. <laughs> and I do want to mention, by the way, for those of you who want to watch this episode, this is very findable on YouTube and stuff, Norm. I don't know if a lot of episodes are. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could find a good chunk of them. I found again, a good chunk of them. Yeah, Norman the Prototype, uh, available on YouTube, so you can go watch it there if you'd like. Or you can two hundred dollars on the out of print DVD box set. That's what I found earlier today. Well, you can just why? watch all of Aliens in the Family, which is also on YouTube. Why show. was <laughs> Why was this called Norman the Prototype though? No idea. He didn't want to call it the pilot. <laughs> like, yeah, we gotta do something yeah, more. That's creative. interesting. There's no prototypes <laughs> here. No, it has nothing to do with the episode. Because John Cena came another, in really early. Yeah, we've done another show that was called Prototype. Yeah. And I, I think we, it's just swappable for pilot sometimes. We did one called Prototype, and I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, which mm. is going to be very frustrating. Was so, it recent or a long time ago? Was it ago. was it Wings? Because it wasn't called Pilot, and we thought that was weird for a show about planes. That sounds right. Because we were like, that's yeah, a missed does. opportunity. Call this Pilot. Oh, I forget which one it is. It, uh, George Lopez. The first episode of George Lopez was called Prototype. Okay. Okay. Prototype in that one. See, but the prototype but for they, George Lopez. Like a part, they work because, in like parts store or whatever. Yeah, they're like, like manufacturing. Like, yeah. yeah, they work in a, a factory, like an, aer an aerospace factory. But um, yeah, I mean, we've I think we've kind of done this at like pretty good length and covered everything we need to cover. So unless anyone else has anything to say about the show, um, might as well get into our green light or cancel. So I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. Joe, starting with you. Yeah, I mean, like, we talked about so much about this, and it's it's maybe, it's harder now, too, right? Because it's really sad with Norm passing. Like, that one just hurts. If I could have anybody go and listen to those things I mentioned earlier, or on his last stand-up record, he did another 25-minute thing about people going missing in cheese sandwiches that is just, like, next-level comedy. Uh, everybody in this is great. Everything about this is great. It's a shame it's not streaming somewhere for everyone to see it. I hope that all the episodes are on YouTube. I'm going to look for it. I genuinely laughed out loud so much. I think the key to this for me was 
I mentioned earlier, we did some episodes recently that had so many jokes that all failed, and this had like triple the amount of jokes, and they all worked. It's impossible to not greenlight something that does that. And again, I think it is a miracle that they deal with underage sex work at a pilot for a sitcom and make it funny and don't make it weird or uncomfortable. It's kind of a perfect show. Uh, I loved this. It's a green light. Berg. Yeah, I think after Aliens in the Family, I would have greenlit anything this week, but luckily this one is green light worthy anyway. I think the cast size is the perfect size. Um, you get to know each person pretty well. Everything Norm says is funny. It's like watching Dirty Work, but in sitcom form. It's like, not much more to say. It's just borderline perfect. I, I love this show. I'm going to look to see if I can find the whole thing. Uh, green light. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I'm just echoing Joe and Ferg sentiment. It, it really is kind of just like the perfect sitcom. It There's nothing about it that's like, I don't know. I'm having a tough time finding the words to just explain how perfect it is as far as a sitcom goes because it's just funny the whole time. There's nothing serious about it. There's nothing. They don't try too hard in any aspect. And it's Norm's humor. I mean, like, Norm, you can tell Norm had a big part in all of the writing for this, right? So uh, if you enjoy Norm MacDonald at all, then there's no reason you wouldn't enjoy this show because it's just full of him in all aspects. Uh, the supporting cast was great. Laurie Metcalf's a home run. I got to imagine that she was, I mean, she's kind of a linchpin to this show, right? I mean, Norm MacDonald's great, but I mean, he alone may be not able to do a show that is uh, good and successful. I think she's like a really big part of why this uh, show is good. The rest of the cast is great. Uh, and I, like Ferg, am going to try very hard to see where I can find the rest of this show because I definitely want to watch it. If you go on Amazon right now and you try to find the complete series, you can see all buying options. The cheapest option for the full series of The Norm Show is $500. People are selling it for $600, you, $625. Bezos. It's not Bezos. It's just these people selling it like eBay style. I looked on, on eBay. You can get it as low as two hundred, but it's still oh. it's that's fucking crazy. It's, that it's, it's that crazy. Much. It's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, for thirty episodes is is wild. But uh, yeah, big green light. Gordo. Yeah, there's nothing that I'm gonna say that's gonna rock the boat or go against anything that anybody else said. Uh, this is a green light front to back. It, it had the right pacing. It had. The, it, it was funny front to back. I love Norm MacDonald, so there's no reason why I wouldn't love this show. I think Nick is right that Laurie Metcalf is like the anchor to this show. It, it's just funny, and it's got a little wiener dog. I, I, I can't I can't find any fault in it. It's almost perfect sitcom, you know, green light. Yeah, listen, uh, I don't have anything controversial to say at this point. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this. I don't know why I didn't know that this show existed, other than the fact that it came out, like, kind of right before we went to high school, and we've talked about this before. It's just kind of that age where we're just preoccupied with other stuff, and we're not as focused on television. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, but... I thought the show was a lot of fun. I, I liked it. I thought the cast was pretty well-rounded. It was upbeat. Uh, went by real fast. I liked it. So, yeah, under the right circumstances, if I could find it, I would I would definitely watch more. Uh, again, yeah, just unfortunate. It's not easily findable on, like, Hulu or something like that. But with all that being said, a perfect five out of five from us. Uh, so congratulations to The Norm Show, or later just Norm, 
Uh, you do live on for episode two through us. So I want to thank all of you guys who listened. Uh, again, go to s1e1pod.com. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Hit us up on Instagram and X. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's been fun covering this episode. So, thank you. And hit us up. Let us know shows that you'd like us to cover in the future. And we'll definitely get to those when we have time. But until then, we'll catch you again next week with another new episode. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best bread truck sex.